0: Well, good morning, sinners. (laughs) Good morning, saints. You figured it out, we're doing something a little different. If you've never been in soul in the round, well, sit back, relax, take it all in. Um, I'd like to think that we have a strong emphasis on community here, and uh, we just don't want to attend a gathering and look at the back of some people's heads, right? Um, And watch somebody pontificate for about 50 minutes. We want to get a little bit more connected, and today... We want to emphasize that we're all in this together as a spiritual community because that's exactly what the church is. Uh, I just want to highlight very briefly that Murray and Sean open house that's coming up. Uh, we as Soul Sanctuary have committed to sponsor them as well as a church. They are on our missions role. But if, uh, again, we just want to encourage you to go and to hear what they're up to, what they have to say, and you have to actually log in um, because they are... Um, How do you put it? They're going to a restricted access nation. So uh, you'd have to log in through their invites and go at it from there. And uh, we'd just love for you to be a part of what they're doing and know what's going on. So this morning, I'm going to invite you to participate in what I would call an exercise of prayer. Did you hear the crickets, (laughs) Dwayne? Did you hear that? Because as soon as I use the word participate in prayer together, people, they, they get upset, don't they? Like they, they get nervous. They start breaking out. Yeah, they shiver, right? And um, if you want to expand your soul, think about this, then you need to learn to pray. Well, how do you learn to pray? Well, that's easy. How do you learn to swim? Right? You, uh, do you sit in a chair with the, your feet up, drinking a coke? Is that how you learn to swim? Oh, yeah, you can, you can tell people to do this and to kick their legs, right? But no, you got to jump in. Um, you jump in the water and you literally struggle. That's how we have learned to swim for those of us who do know how to swim. But that's also how you learn to pray. You jump in and you struggle, and that's what I want to do a little bit today. So prayer is our strength. Prayer generates strength. We as believers, we gather together. They gather together in the early church to do what? To pray. Not to sit, not to watch, not to just observe, but to actually pray. And that's what we want to do today. And it, it generates strength, it generates vision, it generates um, power. Uh, darkness will drive us away from prayer. Uh, but today... I gotta say this you're not gonna be forced to do anything that you're not comfortable with if you feel uncomfortable that's fine and if you just need to sit back and observe and this is all really new and foreign to you that's fine but this is part of what our faith is is living out our faith i I think you know when we look at the church now in today's generation we're drifting away from prayer we're not getting more into it and yet prayer is really the life the breath to our soul and so every once in a while we do this thing called Soul in the Round where we come together and we pray. And that's what today is all about. Um, if you just want to observe, do that. Maybe you just need a few moments today just to unwind. Maybe your week has been absolutely crazy. This is the time to do it, to take that time, to relax, to sit back. Uh, the rest, you, you know, the rest of you here today, I want to actually encourage you to step out and participate. And maybe for some of you, you know, you're you're going to be getting out of your uh, comfort zone, you know. Like how many of you come from Catholic backgrounds? Any? Yeah, okay, so Catholic backgrounds are there. What about Anglican backgrounds or Presbyterian backgrounds? We've got a few of those. That's awesome. Uh, What about uh, Baptists? Any Baptists in the house? Um, Mennonites? Do you care to raise your hand like this? Okay. (laughs) Because, you know, Pentecostal backgrounds? Any How about Charismatics? Do we got any of them around here? Like... Like So we all have these different backgrounds. We all have different ways that we approach stuff, how we approach our faith. But there's something that's continuous through all of that. The worship experience is one thing. It can reflect different ways. But prayer is consistent. Prayer is consistent. It's something that every background comes to. We all need this place where we talk to God. Now, the next few moments, I'm going to encourage you to be able to Pray for yourself. Pray with each other. It is a biblical command. We are told to pray for one another. Pray for those who we don't know. Maybe that the comfort of God will rest upon them. Maybe there are those today who are... not. maybe. I know there are those today who are here who are hurting. They need your prayer. They need your support. They need to know in the midst of their pain that they're not on this road all by themselves. Now, there's... uh, The most important thing today is that it's real. There's no gimmicks. There's no posers. You know, we're not doing anything. We're just, I'm taking you through a concert of prayer. It's that simple. Uh, And so maybe you're thinking, I don't want to pray because I don't know the right words. And that's quite possible. um, I have good news for you. If you're a person who's ever had that problem, and the good news is this, that uh, prayer with words and prayer without words are both equally powerful. Um, this is good news for both extroverts and introverts. The truth is, is that prayer without words is equally valid. Think about that. Those are the prayers of our hearts. In Romans, the Bible tells us that the Spirit actually intercedes with prayers and groanings that are too deep for words. Um, Jesus gave us the Lord's Prayer. It's a prayer with words. At the same time, the Holy Spirit, when we understand Scripture, prays with us with intercedings as well. That's just too deep for words. The, the, the term that's used is actually groaning. And there are times where we can't even utter words, but we can easily utter groans and moans. That's all part of prayer. That's what we see from Scripture. And that what if you're sitting there and a the thought runs through your head, you know, why, well, Jerry, I, don't, I really don't know what to pray for. Well, let me make it easy for you. Um, there are prayers that are called specific and there are prayers that are called general. Is that easy enough? Like sometimes we, um, we pray specifically. And by specific prayer I mean if somebody calls you and says, look, there's a crisis or a tragedy. You know, you pray for that specific situation. So specific prayer is when we're praying for an obvious need. Obvious, it's there, it's clear. We want God's will for that situation. Uh, specific prayer does have its challenges though like how do we pray when we really don't know exactly what to pray for Um, I get a notification from somebody like you know Jerry can you please pray for so-and-so you know they're at the hospital I may not have any other information other than that so you know to pray specifically is actually quite difficult so sometimes we find ourselves in circumstances when it comes to prayer where things aren't really clear and it's in those times we pray what is called simply a general prayer and uh, a general prayer is where we lift the situation to God. It doesn't have to be wordy. It doesn't have to be full of, full of these and thous. But we lift the situation to God at God's best and God's highest good. And uh, it's like we have this big, large picture, this big open space, and maybe we can't see the best path through it. So we simply lift that picture to God, God's best leading. And that's how we pray a general prayer. God, just begin to help, begin to move. And so these are simple things. Jerry, should I pray alone or should I pray with others? What's more effective? You know, what's really better? Which gets the best results? Well, really, uh, the answer is both. Now, Jesus thoroughly prioritized prayer alone. Okay? Prayer alone was Jesus' priority. We needed to get that connection with God. Many times we miss it because we don't take the time to talk to God. We don't even take the time to listen. And so I have decided that this Sunday morning, that's all we want you to do. We want you to communicate with the creator of the universe. Again, I'm not going to force you. And if this is out of your comfort zone, I recognize that. But maybe, just maybe, where is there not a better opportunity where you can come on a Sunday morning and actually connect with the creator of the universe in a way that's easy for you, in a way that the person sitting on the right, on your left, across the way, doesn't really care about what you're doing because they are so preoccupied with just communicating with our creator, with our heavenly father. After all, the majority of us here are believers. This is what we espouse to, but maybe we just don't do it enough. And so we're going to go into this concert of prayer. And part of this, what goes hand in hand with prayer, is worship. We see that outline throughout all of Scripture. And so worship and song and prayer, they just all work together. And so this is not just something that you observe. Although I'm inviting those who are, like, this is out of your comfort zone, this is the first time, I'm inviting you to do that. You can sit back like you're watching TV But really, I'm trying to encourage all of us to participate, to put your hands together if need be to clap, to sing out loud, to raise your hands. For some of you, to raise both hands. For some, maybe even get a finger up. If you're lucky, I don't know. But to participate. Because really, this Sunday morning, we're stopping and we're saying this is about real people reaching out to a real God, the God of the universe, and in this process, encouraging one another how many of you need to be encouraged this morning? Oh, the rest of you are encouragers. Awesome. So the rest of us that have our hands up, you better get off your duffs and start encouraging people. Okay. We, some of us, we just need that. And so our purpose today is to ask God to reveal himself to us, that we're awakened and that you're refreshed spiritually when you walk out of here this morning. That's very simple. And and the results of today and next week and the weeks to come is that I would love to see that you would have a strong sense of spiritual direction for yourself, but not just for yourself, but for us as a church and where we're going in the future. Because we need to move to impact our world and we need to move to impact and encourage one another. So let us we've been preparing our hearts all morning. And uh, just like these musicians who tune their instruments before they're playing, let's, let's continue to tune our heart before we pray. We want this time to be pleasing to God. But if we're out of tune, as I put it, or unconfessed sin, then the whole concert is not going to sound good to God. So he is our audience. Worship team, lead us so there's our acknowledgement there's our acknowledgement of where we need to be so I want like to guide us in some prayer postures now again if you don't want to participate that's totally fine because ultimately when it comes to prayer posture makes no difference at all maybe you're unable to do it physically that's fine or maybe you just don't want to it's your business yeah I understand that we can pray anywhere at any time and in any position, so to speak, but in another sense, our posture really uh, is of utmost importance. And it's important to realize that the body and that the soul are actually intertwined. Um, The physical and the spiritual actually have an impact on each other in very profound ways. And our bodies and the way that we, we carry out our prayers tells us a lot about how we pray and how we worship. And not only does the outward posture reflect an inner, uh, inward state, it also helps us with our posture to nurture our inner attitudes. Now, the concept of the body being involved in worship and prayer is an ancient practice. It's documented throughout all of Scripture. Uh, from the beginning until today, there's been a, a wide variety of expression in both the Jewish and the Christian faith. Uh, of our spirituality around the world. And it is this faith that we have as believers, as Christians in God, that it's lived out through our human body in the way that we touch and react and the way we treat each other. In other words, our faith is not just intellectual. It's it's not that we can sit and hide and it just becomes something intellectual. It's lived out through the body. Physical faith is an integrated faith which honors both the body and the soul. And Christians have always involved their body in worship, in service, in prayer. And when we engage our bodies in acts of worship to God, it actually begins to open us up in very new ways. And like I said, today may be a challenge for some of you. It might be totally foreign to what I'm talking about. Uh, But really, it's truly biblical and it's historical. People of faith in ancient times understood that physical acts, such as practices of rest, having Sabbath, worship, in terms of singing, were of great value of faith and life. In many churches today, physical practices, such as taking communion, such as even singing in some, kneeling, bowing down during prayer, are are common acts with very rich meaning. Other churches have strayed away from that for whatever reason. And I'm not about to judge. I'm just making a point. Physical prayer and worship are deeply embedded in the fabric of the Christian faith. And that we can actually easily miss their significance, and just say, so, "Oh, you know, I come to church. Oh, yay! Let's clap. Let's sing, hoay hoay hoay." You know, and, and we lose the significance of the importance of coming together, of singing for those who maybe can't, of worshiping—not just the Creator of the universe, but being able to sense the presence of God being moving in our in our in our hearts, in our minds, in our bodies because we're open to receiving that. Many people are used to closing their eyes and bowing their heads to pray, right? This practice originated not as an empty custom, but uh, as a physical way for people to focus on God. Close your eyes, bow your heads, close your eyes. By those interactions, when we do that posture, uh, people of prayer showed that the immediate surroundings were not as important as God. They were able to focus other believers would fold their hands in prayer. This is interesting because uh uh this was a statement that they wouldn't hold on to anything else when they went to prayer. It was a physical way of saying God, you're the only thing that I hold on to. That's why we would fold our hands in prayer. You know, maybe for some of us we grew up in the church, bow your head, close your eyes, well, you know, fold your hands. Well, what's the purpose? That was the purpose. That's the only thing we have. In the first century, it was actually common to pray face down. So on your knees, uh, sorry, I'm getting so old, this is so hard, and forehead down to the ground. Thank you for being there for me. <sighs> it's all right. I've been doing some renovations this week. I'm lucky to get up, that's all I can tell you. But, you know, they would touch their foreheads to the ground, and, and really that posture was one of the most humble positions that a person can go into the practice of laying hands on in faith. right, brother? <laughs> Again, something that we see throughout the entire New Testament. Um, I'll address that a little bit later, but prayer is not just a matter of words. It's an integration of us, our, us throughout all of our body. God and the physical world. Interacts together in harmony. We need to remember that. And Jesus uses the ordinary in his acts of healing when we look at the New Testament. He lays his hands on people. He even, I was reading today, he he spits, I love it. He spits to heal a guy's eyes. That's awesome. Can you imagine Jesus just hawking a loogie just to make a point to the people around him to heal somebody? We just don't get it. But he integrates the physical and the spiritual, and the practice of, you know, uh, of washing the disciples' feet. We talk about it, we never practice it. And, you know, I, I get the opportunity to take the kids to camp, and and I made them wash each other's feet at camp. Were you part of that? Yeah, you were. And it's hilarious just to watch their expressions of when they pull their socks off their friends and oh, these stinky runners after I've made them hike about three, four kilometers at camp. But then to wash each other's feet and talk about it afterwards. Humbling. Serving. And this is what Jesus did. He integrated everything together. And when we look at Jesus, we see how God is really present in the mundane, physical Acts of our lives. He's there. He's there. And so maybe you're thinking, well, Jerry, before we do any of this, I just maybe need to be a better Christian first. Well, that's not true at all. God's big enough. His grace is And his love are deep enough to receive us with our fragmented, faulty living. So you don't need to have your stuff together this morning. We just need to be honest to approach God, to admit our weaknesses of wherever we're at. And the fact is, today we're all a bunch of mixed bags here, aren't we? We're all a bunch of different fruits and nuts. We really are. We're trail mix. Welcome to Trail Mix Church. That's really what we are. And so we're going to come. And I love this passage of scripture, 1 John 1, 1, 7 to 10. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins... He is faithful and just. He will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim that we have not sinned, I love this, we make him out to be a liar and his word has no place in in our lives. Well, I think all of us can resoundly say good morning when I say hello sinners. Majority of us can also say good morning when I say hello saints. Stand with me. We have to understand that confession is a crucial path of prayer. And so, again, I just asked a simple question. When was the last time you examined your life? Maybe for some of you it was this morning. Maybe it's now. When was the last time you actually confessed to God and laid it all out before Him? You know, today we rarely see churches having the prayer of tears as as a body. Tears, what do you mean? where we're actually weeping over our own sins, or we're weeping over the sins of the world, or we're weeping over what we see happening on the news, or even within our own world. Gregory of Nyssa, he's an ancient saint, he said this, tears are like blood in the wounds of the soul. But we seem to shy away from this type of prayer, right? Like even in our worship, we seem to shy away, like why are you crying? What's the matter with you? What's going on? Like what's, and, and and there are many saints even here this morning, weeping. Maybe you're weeping over your wayward children. Maybe you have sorrow over your broken family or family members who are far from God. Maybe just maybe there are some of you here today. You're carrying guilt and shame, of a present or former sin in your life that you you've tried to sweep under the carpet. Or maybe you're here today and you're actually dealing with some sort of tragedy. Or maybe it's an illness, a doctor's report. Right? Is there a place in the church where people can come and safely express in their worship their pain? You know, Scripture is drenched with wet tears and of a broken heart of repentant saints. Our Western Christianity is so one-dimensional. It's so self-centered. Our Christianity in the West is so bent on getting, getting entertained. Job cries out, my eyes pour out tears to God. Jeremiah writes, my grief is beyond healing. My heart is broken. You know, when when you and I have been thrust into the sea of grief or we've tossed about by the cold waves of of questions and doubts and dark times, God draws us home. And sometimes the home that he draws us through is the track of our tears. It's not with our slick smiles. It's not with our selfish pretending. I I often will hear people when they've come to Seoul and they'll say that they've sat. I can't figure it out, Jerry. I've come and I sat and all I do is cry. I don't know what that is and I just have to look at them and I just have to say it's the Holy Spirit. So are we open in our culture, in the church, when you gather together today to worship the God of the universe? Are we open to letting him speak to us? Are we open to just dropping our guard in our messiness of life? Because isn't that what Sunday should be about? Psalms 84 speaks to the people of traveling to worship up in Jerusalem. They have to go through this valley. It's called the Valley of Becca. They have to go through Becca to get there. Becca is translated as the Valley of Tears. King David wept a lot in the Psalms. We read, I'm weary of my groaning. All night I make my bed swim. I drench my couch with tears. That's usually me when I sweat at night. But here he is. he's, He's bawling his eyes up. David. One Psalm says, my tears have been my food day and night. And I think it's interesting, because as we, look, as we look at all this crying and weeping in Scripture as 21st century Christians, um, it, it says, like, well, that's kind of sad and depressing, Jerry. Like, you know, who wants that? But I think a lot of that view is because we are raised in a culture of affluence on religion. And in a society that's so focused on we need to have good feelings and prosperity, and so our christianity it actually can become hollow and stuck in a rut while our souls need deeper healing that's why the ancients had different view they saw weeping over sins and struggles and mourning over the sins of others they saw it as a gift isn't that interesting and for them, the ones who are to be pitied, the, the, the most are, are those who have always had dry eyes and cold hearts. And so these words like confession and repentance and sorrow and prayer can actually lead, when you think about it, to the deepest joys. Being honest with ourselves, being honest with God, cleansing our spiritual palate, directing us to see that our dependence truly is on God and it can help us find hope and inner joy in the great mercy of God. It's not some sort of spiritual pep talk from the pulpit every week. So here's the question. What is calling you in your life for tears? Now, I'm not saying let's all have crocodile tears. I, I get that. I'm not there. But I think if some of you are like me, you got a pretty strong wall. And what's God calling? What's going on inside? Why is your wall so high? Why are you so afraid to allow God to speak to those certain dark recesses? Are you afraid that somebody's going to see you wiping a tear? Are you going afraid that you're going to be just a puddle of mess? Well, again, I come back and nobody cares here today. Because it's just between you and God. God says in the scriptures to come, to cry, to lament. What do you need to break over today? Maybe for some of you, some of us, maybe it's just a sin that we can't seem to overcome. Maybe your spouse knows how affected you are by it. Maybe you just need to repent today. And maybe God's trying to get your attention on something. He's saying, get over here. I need you to cry over this thing, you know? Maybe your soul needs this release. Have you thought about that? Would you like to find freedom of real in, in real transparent prayer today to draw closer to God? Then my invitation to you is then go ahead. You know? Do you need to cry over somebody else today? Let go. Do you need to mourn for that child? Do you need to mourn for that spouse, a friend, or a family member? It's all right to weep, especially when we gather together. It's okay to cry over the grief that you feel, maybe over the struggle that you are currently bearing. Maybe it's okay to cry just for the mercy that you're looking for. And based on Scripture, it's biblical, it's scriptural. Jesus, on the way to the cross, He falls at the feet of a group of women. He says, don't weep for me. Weep for yourselves and for your children. So the question becomes, where are you this morning? Here's my suggestion. You don't have to do it, but here's my suggestion. For those who feel comfortable, I want to suggest that you take on a posture of kneeling. It's a traditional posture in Western Christianity. It came to mean simply a humility and submission. And so kneeling becomes the normal posture for most prayers in the West. We, I, I was taught to kneel beside your bed. However, to Eastern Christians, kneeling still remains about repentance and confession. And again, confession between you and God is an act of worship. If we confess our sins out of reverence for God so that He might come, continue to claim more and more of our lives, confession is worship that frees us. So before we go on, listen to these words from Psalm 66. Come and listen, all you who fear God. Let me tell you what he has done for me. I cried out to him with my mouth. His praise was on my tongue. If I had cherished sin in my heart, the Lord would have not listened. But God has listened. He has heard my voice in prayer. Do you want God to hear your prayers? Praise be to God who has not rejected my prayer or withheld his love from me. Listen, we all know we're sinful people. That's why we need the Lord. And so it's easy to rationalize our sins, isn't it? It is. So let's take a moment. Let's take some time. Allow God to examine your heart. Maybe point to the attitudes that aren't pleasing to him. He'll speak to you. God will speak to you if you open yourself up to him. We do this privately. We do this quietly. Let's have a time right now of silent prayer, shall we? So today, if you want, feel free to kneel. That means to get out of your chair. Some people will actually turn around and put their heads into their chair. Other people will just kneel forward if that makes you feel comfortable. If you want to come to the front, for some people, a movement to the front, uh, and again, our front is in four different areas. That's powerful too, coming to an altar, so to speak. If that is what you're bent to, uh, feel free to do that. So on the count of three, if you want to move, I need you to participate with me and just do it for the sake of time. One, two, three. Father, for all the hurtful things we have said to people that we love and care about. Forgive us. For all those things that we should have said but we didn't, we ask that you would forgive us. For ignoring the lonely or needy. for trying just to be accepted by people or going along with crowd for listening to those who didn't have our best interests at heart forgive us God Father forgive us for ignoring you for asking for worthless things, for for wanting what we do not need, for taking what we do not want, for taking for granted all the good gifts that you have blessed us with. Just forgive us, God. God, our list can go on, but you are the God of second chances, and we rely on the forgiveness and the grace promised to us by Jesus Christ, your Son. May we leave this place this morning as new creations. May we sit with one another as forgiven people, for we know that if we confess our sins, you are faithful and just to forgive us and purify us from all unrighteousness. So God, you see our hearts. We just take this time as we kneel before you. And thank you. Amen. There was something in that moment. I, am I the only one who feels it? Am I the only one? You can respond. It's totally cool. There's something there. What are you thankful for? Shout it out. I'm half deaf, so you Sorry? Family? Yeah. What else? Friends? Friends. Help? help? Did I hear help? Help. help. Yeah. Health. Oh, sorry. <laughs> See, I told you. What else? What are we thankful for? Anything this side of the room? Friends, Grace. What else? Moms, Life Group. What else? What are we thankful for? God's hand. I'm thinking fresh air. Right? We don't live in Saskatchewan. Awesome. What are we thankful for? Snow. snow. Oh, it's so. <laughs> What else? Sunshine, things, fresh water, things we take, clothes. What else? You got a roof over your head. What are you thankful for? Salvation. Who's sitting to your right? Who's sitting to your left? You're sitting beside them. I hope you're thankful. If there's an issue going on, that confession last was where you needed to deal with that stuff. Right? Who are you thankful for? What are you thankful for? An amazing wife, little girl, looks after you, takes care of you. You're a lucky man. I don't know how she does it. What else? Kids. Sorry? Church. Church. What else? Yeah. Kids? Yeah. Hockey? All right. <laughs> Jets are dead to me right now. <laughs> Just saying. What are you thankful for? Music. Music. Sorry? I didn't hear that. Good food. Good food. Oh, he's a foodie, yes. Good food. What else are you thankful for? Education and nature. Did I hear it right? Okay. What else? Your pets. Okay. What was over? Jobs? Did I hear jobs? And what else did I hear? Crickets. All right. <laughs> the fact is, any given Sunday, when we open these doors, any given Sunday, community of people are walking with a number of heavy loads. We want to be able to lift them up. We want to be able to lift you up in prayer today. <clears throat> our prayer is not just a matter of words. It's the integration, like I said earlier, the life through the body. Because the creation is the work of God, all of creation is connected. And what I find so comforting, that is, it's God who said it's not good for man to be alone. He reassures me that no matter where I am or how I feel, He actually goes on. He puts people into my life. And he's put them there to support me in numerous ways. He's put people in your life to support you in numerous ways. And there were times, maybe, I and mean, you felt like this, where you wish that God had skin on, right? You're talking to a wall. I'm talking to a ceiling. I'm talking to the back of a chair. I just wish you had skin on. And some way he does, he has these things. These people that he calls his ambassadors and and they come alongside us and they put their arms around us in our times of need, in our times of weakness, in our times of joy, in our times of sorrow, in our times of celebration, they're there, they're his representatives. Many of us have requests, do we not? You can actually call back in church, it's okay to do that. Yes, right. So what are some of the requests that you have today that you feel comfortable sharing with everybody here? Healing. What else? More healing. More healing. What else? Your granddaughter needs a kidney. What else? Finding a house before your baby comes. Yeah, that's a big one. That, did you sell your house? Yeah. yeah, that's an answer to prayer. How come you didn't say that earlier, man? Like I just, <laughs> We've been praying for you and Now you just tell me as we've sort of moved on in the whole thing. (laughs) What are other what are other prayer requests that we have that you feel comfortable sharing with people? Child care. You got a request for child care. What else? Wisdom. Oh, what else? Hurting an unsaved family. Hmm. What else? Unsafe family. What else? Sorry? Peace. Patience. Patience. Kindness. Goodness. Hey, I think we're on a track here. <laughs> does, does anybody need a job? <laughs> anybody need a job? Students, you're all good. You're all gamefully employed, right? Anybody need a different job? My <laughs> what else? Spiritual healing. Spiritual healing. What else? Philippians 4 6 and 7 says do not be anxious about anything but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving present your request to God and the God of peace will transcend all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus so will you please stand with me all now this is how this one works This morning, we're going to lay hands on one another as a symbol of connectedness and a reminder that you're not on this journey alone. So let me say this very clearly, and you understand what I'm saying. If your load is heavy, if your heart is hurting, if your requests are urgent, I want to invite you to sit down, and before you do, sit down. And then the rest of us that are just around you will place a hand on your shoulder, maybe on your head, don't get upset if we wreck your hair, and they're just going to begin to pray for whatever it is that you are lifting up to God. In other words, we don't need to know what's going on, we just need to know that we are going to pray a general prayer for you, and you need to know that you're surrounded by people who care. So... If you're heavy, if your heart hurts, if your request is urgent, please find a seat right where you're at. And if somebody is sitting down on your left or on your right or in front of you or behind you, turn around and place your hands on them and pray along with me, will you? And please make sure that everybody who has a seat has got somebody around them. And yes, it's okay to move for families and friends that are around you. Father, I thank you for the person on whom I've placed my hands, and I thank you that you have brought them into our lives today, and I pray a blessing on them. And God, we ask that they will sense your presence in a very powerful way. Father, there are those days where we hurt inside, and maybe our faith is weak, and maybe, for some, maybe that is today. For some of us, we hide our faces behind our masks so that people will not see our hurt. And I pray that you would just give people the courage to remove those masks. Give us the ability to be honest and transparent with those that you have placed in our lives. And God, may we just now take a moment to pray for whom our hand is on. May we learn to carry each other's burdens with joy, with love, and with tenderness. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now I'm going to go one step further. You're familiar with this. James 5 says, Is anyone in you trouble? He should pray. If anybody's happy, let him sing songs of praise. Is anyone of you sick? They should call on the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith... Will make the sick person well, and the Lord will raise him up if the sinner if you sinned he 'll be forgiven, therefore, confess your sins to one another, pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective we 've already done the confessing part, but we do have our two cross areas where people will be standing, our prayer team is there and James is referring to somebody who's incapacitated physically and in scripture they would anoint with oil and oil was both a medicine and a symbol of the Spirit of God so this oil can represent both medical and spiritual spheres of our life and Christians again we don't separate the physical and the spiritual because Jesus Christ is Lord of both body and the spirit people in the church are not alone and so as followers of Christ We should be able to count on each other for support like we just demonstrated, especially when we're sick and suffering. The elders uh, should be called to respond to the illness of anyone, and the church needs to pray for the needs of all people. The uh, prayer offered in faith doesn't refer to the faith of the sick person, but the faith of the people praying that God heals. Faith doesn't. Remember that, people. God heals. Faith doesn't. And all prayers are subject to God's will. That's his overriding right. But our prayers are part of God's healing process. And that's why God often waits for our prayers of faith before intervening to heal a person. But he also waits for the person to acknowledge that they need God to step in. And they get out of their comfort zone. And they acknowledge and they invite other people into their lives to pray over him. And again... We here at Soul believe that God can and does heal, and so today we're prepared at both crosses to anoint with oil as an act of faith according to the Scriptures. Somebody will pray with you individually. So if you want to be anointed, if you want to be prayed for, please go to the cross right now as we speak. We're just being obedient with Scriptures. The rest of us, we're going to sing this song. Okay, so we're at the end of our morning now, and the prayer is still happening for those who are there, and I'd love for us just... Actually, I'm going to close out with one more prayer. The band is going to go into another song. I will do the blessing just before they lead us into every mountain. It's a song of affirmation just before you go. And so once the blessing's done, if you want to go, that's fine. If you want to stay and sing, that's great. And if you can help out, we're going to stack the last four rows there and the last four rows there for the next gathering. So, Father, we have heard all that you have done in and through the lives of your people. Through the centuries and across the world, you have touched and changed humanity's whole way of living. And God, we are grateful that even today we can take this time and make us new. We have come to worship you. We have come to be changed by you, to become the people that you've always meant us to be. Challenge us. Change us, fill us with your spirit, and give us such an awareness of you and your presence that nothing, not even our own hearts and lives, can ever be the same again. And all God's people who agreed would say amen. In ancient times, the one who blessed extended his hands for a blessing. Those receiving the blessing did likewise. Here it is, you came in weakness, may you go in strength you came in alone may you go together you came in brokenness may you go in wholeness you came with your questions may you go knowing that Jesus Christ is the answer you came for a savior may you go with the Lord may if you came empty-handed may you leave with your hearts filled if you've come in defeated and lost and full of selfishness and sin, may you leave forgiven and found and in the victory of Christ. So, soul, soul Sanctuary, go because he sends us. Go because he fills us. Go because he goes with us. Now go and live the church. Amen. And we will see you next week.